tonight on the program, we want to talk about self-control. Yeah, uh, something that I think we mention pretty often in our discussion of Bible topics, but there are actually some people who are saying, we're off base on that. It's really not even possible to exercise self-control. Not possible or maybe even not worth it. Not, not, don't, maybe don't bother. counterproductive. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- 381-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December 3rd, 2020. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. Kyle's tonight. behind the controls. Kyle. It's good to be here. And we are back. Boy, uh, unprecedented. Never happened before. A three-week-long suspension of the virtual Bible study in, in over 15 years of the program. That has never happened before. We've had a, we've, we have had a handful of times when we didn't have a program. And one or two times among those times was because of some illness. Mm-hmm. But this was sort of a whole different ball game. All three of us here, you, Jacob, Kyle, and me, we all had the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, thing going on and our families uh, and uh, we just had to shut her down and then of course last week we we might potentially have been able to do a program last Thursday but that was Thanksgiving night so we just decided to throw in the towel until tonight so we'll get we hope to get back on on track and on schedule we all had the coronavirus Kyle I guess we could have just come in here and moaned together and let everybody listen to it maybe yeah since we were all yeah, infected yeah. <laughs> it was uh, I have told some people that I apologize for anything that I might have said or anything that I might have implied wherein I thought the coronavirus wasn't that big of a deal. I had a pretty bad case of it. It, was it walloped pretty, you. It walloped me pretty good. I, and I think Kyle was down pretty good with it too. Uh, you didn't seem to have as bad a case of it, but I didn't. Uh, but no. uh, uh, yeah, it was no fun. Yep. So we're back, and we're glad to be back with you tonight. I missed it. I, I, I'm glad that we're we're back tonight. Yeah. A little bit of housekeeping, real quick. Uh, we got we got a few bumper stickers. We probably need to order some new varieties of bumper stickers, but we got a few left. If you want a bumper sticker, uh, let us know. Uh, send us uh, your snail mail address to our email address, collegeview.com, uh, questions at collegeview.com, and we'll get you one in the mail. Also, while you're doing that, request our Bible reading calendar for 2021. We have just begun printing those this week. And so I think a lot of our listeners probably have had those in the past and used them. It's a really great, I think, Bible reading schedule. So we're printing those. If you'd like a hard copy of that, uh, uh, request that when you send your email to questions at collegeview.com. We will, Lord willing, be putting that up on our website. And, and that's, I think, kind of valuable because I've even used that when I've been away from home and forgot to take my hard copy with me. Get on the website and you yep. can see your daily Bible readings yep. there. So, Lord willing, we'll, we'll do that again. All right. So, that, so yeah, you need to get in line for that. Questions at collegeview.com with your snail mail. It's free. Get that. 
do that or do something to in order to make plans to study the Bible throughout the coming year, 2021. Exactly. It's, uh, it's invaluable time that you spend in God's Word. You will be benefited greatly for it. And so maybe making plans, use this calendar or use some other type of program, but make plans to make it part of your daily routine. Yeah, we've been printing a daily Bible reading calendar for, man, uh, I don't know. I've lost track. Uh, probably 14 or 15 years we've been doing a, a Bible reading program. And, and we we do the same one every year because it's, it's kind of neat. It's a five-day reading program. It gives you a couple of days a week to catch up if you get behind. Uh, you can read the whole Bible. You can read just the New Testament. Uh, but it, it, it keeps you on track. Okay. And I think it's valuable to spend. I like to do it first thing in the morning. I know others maybe do it in the evening, but I like to do it first thing in the morning. It gives me sort of focus for the day. And these, this is a cyber weeks, you know, that people are doing the special. So you'll throw in a free bumper sticker with every free calendar. We could do that. We could do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Questions at collegeview.com. It's not even Cyber Monday, uh, but we will do it. Yeah. It's a cyber week, I think, and people are stretching it out. So. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Uh, all right. So to our email list uh, today, and we always remind you, get on our list if you're not. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Questions at collegeview.com. Just say, put me on your list. So to our list today, we referenced a blogger named Brian Resnick. And he wrote a blog about self-control and questions whether it's even a possibility to exercise meaningful self-control. And he quoted a number of psychologists in his blog who said things like, effortful restraint where you are fighting yourself the benefits of that are overhyped, mm. is the idea. Mm. Uh, so we want to compare uh, that view to what the Bible says. And here are the questions that we ask uh, to our update list. Number one, what are some key Bible verses that teach us we must be self-controlled people? Mm-hmm. Number two, what are some things that hinder self-discipline? Number three, who are some Bible characters that demonstrated great self-control? Number four, what are some measures we can personally take to improve our self-control? And number five, what are some things, what are some of the helpful things that God has promised in regards to self-control? 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. And in the chat room tonight, we'd love to hear your comments on, well, this incredible uh, assertion by the blogger that, well, self-control is impossible, or even if it was, it may be not worth it. Yeah. Let me read a few uh, excerpts out of this blog. Now, I, I was interested. We got a we got an email from our friend Jim in Kentucky who said he actually thought that the guy might not be too far off track, that he even suggests maybe some biblical concepts about temptation avoidance. And we're going to be talking about well, that's that. True. Sure. that. Yeah, he had some comments there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but here, here's just some highlights from this blog. Effortful restraint where you're fighting yourself. The benefits of that are overhyped, says a psychologist who studies self-control at Ohio State University. Researchers I spoke to are making a strong case that we shouldn't feel so bad when we fall for temptations. Studies have found that trying to teach people to resist temptation either only has short-term gains or can be outright, an outright failure. If we accept that brute willpower doesn't work, we can feel less bad about ourselves when we succumb to temptation. 
If we could stop worshiping self-control, maybe we could start thinking about diluting the power of temptation and helping people meet their goals in new ways with less effort. Hmm. We tend to think of people with strong willpower as people who are able to fight the battle effectively. Actually, the people who are really good at self-control never have these battles in the first place. The people who say they excel at self-control are hardly using it at all. There's a strong assumption that exerting self-control is beneficial. We're showing in the long term it's not. Now, get that. that, that again, that, there's a strong assumption that exerting self-control is beneficial. We're showing in the long term it's not beneficial. People who are good at self-control seem to be structuring their lives in a way to avoid having to make self-control decisions in the first place. Now, that is biblical, and we're going to stress that. And then I, I was pretty amazed by this. Our dispositions are determined in part by our genetics. Some people are hungrier than others. Some people love gambling and shopping. People in high, people high in conscientiousness, a personal a personality trait largely set by genetics, tend to be more vigilant students and tend to be healthier. When it comes to self-control, they they won the genetic lottery. So it's not my fault. I'm I'm weak and I give in to every temptation, but it's just my genes, this guy says. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not my fault. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a pretty terrible person, and I do all things. Can't control myself. But it's not, I can't control yeah, myself, but it's not my fault. Yeah. Uh, he, this psychologist, and others are looking beyond the just say no approach of the past. Of course, you know that's been what was just say no. You know, Nancy Reagan, uh, the wife of President Ronald Reagan, was sort of famous for her anti-drug policy that emphasized that expression, just say no. He says the just say no approach of the past, uh, we've stopped using that. uh, But what we may now be able to have, he says, is uh, to boost motivation is the help of smartphone apps and other technology. Maybe my smartphone will help me exercise self-control since I've not been able to do it otherwise. Unbelievable. All right, let's uh, get into the questions tonight, and we want to hear from you on the phone, in the chat room, over email tonight. All right, the first question was, what are some Bible verses that teach us we must be self-controlled? Irregardless of what this blogger or anybody else says, self-control is mandated in the Word of God. Yeah, and I think that may be overlooked uh, by a lot of people is that the, the, the scriptures are very clear on that, that God expects Christians to be people who control themselves. Yeah. In the New Testament, there's a uh, in the King James Version, in the older translations, there's a word that means self-control or discipline. It's often translated sober. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a there are two words. There are two Greek words that are translated sober. One of them means Sober like we mean sober when we use the word. That is free from the influence of intoxicants. That Greek word is nepho. But there's another word that is often translated as as, uh, sober in the King James. And newer translations will usually say self-control or self-discipline. The Bible definitely teaches it. Yeah, here's what Kent said. Proverbs 25, verse 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. I like that verse. Yeah. If you can't control your... Your your thoughts, your attitude, your your emotions, you're like that city in the Old Testament. I mean, old times, if you were a city without walls, you were in bad you shape. You had nothing. You got nothing. Yeah. 
Uh, I got a newer translation of that same verse, Proverbs twenty five twenty. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And then the converse of it would be true, though, if you had self-control. You're like that fortified city. Yeah. You're, 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 you're solid. Yeah. First uh, Peter 5, verse 8, he says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion walking about, whom he, sinking whom he may devour. I believe that verse does use nifo, uh, which may not necessarily be for self-control, but similar. Yeah. Uh, and James Chapman, Well, if I'm drunk, I've just completely thrown my self-control out. out the you window. Sold, you sold out, yeah. yeah. James 1, verse 20, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So there's another idea that you can't, uh, you got to have control of your wrath or else you won't be doing what God wants you to do. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Kent. All right. All right. Here we have um, Mohan. He references Proverbs 25, verse 28 as well. Second Peter 1, verses 5 through 7. First Corinthians 9, 24 and tw- through 27. Second Timothy 1, verse 7. Proverbs 16, 32. And Titus 2. Proverbs 16.32, I had that on my list. Proverbs 16.32, better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Okay. Proverbs 16.32. Titus 2.11 and 12, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now, the soberly there is the word for self-control. Well, and, that. It's, and it's connected with the other things in the passage. Yeah. That you're going to deny ungodliness, deny worldly lust, and you're going to live certain ways, righteously and godly in the present world. Let, let me read this, this more, much more modern translation of that same passage, Titus 2, 11 to 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Yeah. I like that. Uh, he references Second Timothy one verse seven: For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. And in other words, controlling our thoughts and okay. our emotions. First Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty seven. He references: Know ye not that they which run and race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run ye that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Temperate is the other another idea there of yeah. of, of self control. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. If I, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, uh, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. But I keep my body uh, under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Yeah, yeah. that that First Corinthians nine twenty seven. That's a powerful verse. Here's Paul. And as we so often mention when we're discussing Paul in Bible studies and so forth, this guy was a rock. Yep. He was so solid. You never think about him suffering temptation. But he said, I have to keep after my I, – I, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Self-control. Yeah. He, Paul said, i got to exercise self-control. And it, was a, and it, it wasn't easy for Paul. It, that doesn't sound easy to me. It sounds yeah. like he's working very difficult for self-control. Second Peter 5, 1, verses 5 through 7 and beside this, giving diligence, add uh, to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Uh, so th- those those virtues that we need to be giving all diligence to add uh, are on that list. Thank you, Mohan, for your uh, contributions to the program tonight. Yeah, Paul, uh, uh, Brian in California references Paul. He says Paul himself had to make co- uh, consistent efforts towards self-restraint in that passage we referenced 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. Uh, so, yeah, Brian's on that uh, page as well. Thank you, Brian, for that comment. Um, Brian says Paul was working at that. 
Dwight's out in Iowa, and then Dwight and Michelle are in the chat room tonight. He says uh, he references Galatians five twenty two and twenty three, fruits of the spirit, yep, among which is self control. Uh-huh. Romans seven verse eighteen. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform it? That what is good, I do not find it. Uh, so. He, he knew that he needed he needed help. Well, there, there Paul's talking about the the battle we face <clears throat> yeah. between the desires of the flesh and and doing spiritually good things. He, he references First Corinthians seven verse five: Do not deprive one another, except for sent without a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come again. Uh, together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. That's going to go to some of our discussion later that God has put things in place that will allow us to control ourselves if we will use those things. He references 1 Timothy 3, verses 2 and 3. A bishop must then be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospital, apt to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, but not covetous. So that idea of being temperate there again for... Uh, for the elder. Second Timothy 1, 5 through 8, uh, for, uh, we referenced that uh, in Mohan's email, yeah, yeah. those virtues there. So thank you, Dwight, for your comments tonight. And then we got this email from Jim in which he says that the guy actually maybe unknowingly mentioned some biblically based reasoning. Uh, it suggests the reason, he says, the article suggests the reason that people give in to temptation because they have not planned on how to avoid temptation. We want to talk more about that in, in the in the course of our uh discussion uh he he says maybe what they're talking about when they talk about self-control isn't possible he says they may really be talking about last minute planning which few people are good at you know if so and i think jim is right about that if i let myself get right in the heart of the temptation you know i'll probably fail Right. Whereas if I had planned ahead to avoid that situation in the first place, I could have succeeded. So I think Jim is probably right. A lot of a lot of the failure is that we're not that, that we're not good at, at at long range planning, and and so last minute planning fails us too often. Yeah, and then he goes on that 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 article said you needed to replace the have to attitude with the want to attitude in order to be successful with your goals. And he says that's biblically based I as think well. that's true, yeah. And instead of saying, do I have to go to worship? Uh, am I looking for a reason not to? Or do I want to go to worship? I'm planning on it, plan my weekends around it, et cetera. So, yeah, good comments there from Jim. The verses that Jim referenced are, uh, well, different from the ones our com- commenters have added so far, but good ones. Matthew sixteen twenty four. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's self-control right there. Yeah. Denial, self-denial. Romans 12, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So transformation uh, implies the idea of self-control, that you're not just going to go with whatever whim or uh, trend there is, but you're going to be under control. A lot of good verses. I got a couple more on my list. Uh, I'll just throw them out real quickly. James 1, five. my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. James 1.19. Well, that, that implies self-control, right? Mm-hmm. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.6. Um, somebody might have mentioned that. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. 
And I think that's the idea of self-control. All right, we're going to get a break. When we get back, we'll get into the next question. The next question is, what are some of the things that hinder self-discipline? If you're not signed in the chat room, sign in there and share your comments. We'll get to them on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study is back right after this. Wow, it isn't so hard to understand the Bible after all. There's more exciting study and discussion coming after these messages. Are you sure that the Bible said something, but you just don't know where? Is your salvation based on a passage that you know is in the Bible, but when asked, you couldn't find it? Do you do things in worship, but you couldn't turn to a book, chapter, and verse to show that God wants you to do it? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you may be suffering from BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The College View Church of Christ is dedicated to overcoming Bible Deficit Disorder in the metro area by teaching the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible. You are invited to attend our worship services on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Join us in the fight against Bible Deficit Disorder. Attend one of our services for a healthy dose of the Bible. That's at the College View Church of Christ. Please don't give in to Bible Deficit Disorder. Here's some quotes worth pondering. The quality of an individual is reflected in the standards they set for themselves. Maintaining the right attitude is easier than regaining the right attitude. Do the best you can. The people who really matter will know that about you. Man, wish I'd said that. God's Word has the answers. Let's get back to studying it. The virtual Bible study rolls along. We're back on the program tonight talking about self-control and uh, looking at the blog article that said it's not even possible, and if it was, it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, uh, that, that's sort of the major, major takeaway of the article, although as, as our buddy Jim has suggested, you know, unknowingly, he, he, he swerved into a couple of biblical concepts in the course of his I'm book. sure that was unintentional <laughs> yeah. from the tone of the article. Yeah. Uh, but our, our second question we want to discuss are what are some of the things that hinder us from being self-disciplined? Uh, I, on my list, I, I think probably number one is desire for instant gratification. I want it. I want it right now. And, you know, uh, that that is almost the diametrical opposite of self-control. Self-control says that I'm willing to postpone gratification in favor of something better later on, you know that. So it takes a self-controlled person. I'm not going to do this right now because I can do that later if I wait. Uh, and that's really what God is asking us to do. You know, there's all there is a gratification to sin. I, we we talk about this some, and I think it's worth mentioning in this context. Nobody is denying that there is a a. a a momentary instant gratification or pleasure that comes from committing sin, certain sinful activities at least. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Moses had self-control. He postponed. He could have now the pleasure of sin for a season, but he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God, seeing that that was a more worthy thing to attain. So this idea of self uh, uh, immediate gratification is is a big hindrance to self-control. Sure. I had also from Hebrews 11 the example of Abraham beginning at verse 8. 
By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place which he should receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange land, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the, with him of the same promise. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So... Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they didn't get, they, they did not, in their lifetimes, they did not get the gratification yep. of that promised land, but they saw the value of pursuing it. Pushing toward them. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, that physically pushing towards some of that, and, uh, but uh, certainly excellent examples for us in that. Yeah. Yeah. The second thing I had on my list is uh, I, want, I want people to look up to me. Uh, the desire for public recognition First uh, Corinthians three, beginning verse four. One saith, "I am of Paul," and others, "I am of Apollos." Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Paul was, as we already mentioned, Paul. It was a great example of self-discipline, and right there, I think he suggests one of the reasons why. Because he wasn't in it for the praise of men. You know, he he didn't do what he did in order that he could have people look up to him and honor him personally. Uh, sometimes we miss the mark because we're just looking for men to brag on us and, and boast and build us up in that way. Yeah, it reminds me of what Jesus said about, uh, you know, these people who wanted their, that reward of the praise of men. He says they have they have their reward now. Yeah. Uh, Matthew six verse two. Yeah. You know, so they're they're doing these things to be seen to men. Well, there's that idea of instant gratification as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing it for God. I'm doing it for for me. For so right you'll brag. So you'll brag on me right now. Right. Um, the, then I had one other, uh, and and this expression uh, may take some explanation, but I think even human counselors refer to the idea of compartmentalization, and the idea of it is is that I compartmentalize. I have a little cubbyhole here for my religious service to God. It's not my whole life. It's just one little thing I do for a few hours each week. So I put God in this cubbyhole, and then I got all these other things that I like to do, and I got cubbyholes for all of them. Instead of letting God rule over my whole life, I've just got him over here in a little niche, uh, and and that's not going to help me control myself. Mark 12, verse 30 Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Uh, and so if I'm not completely given over to doing the will of God in my life, if, if, it's just, if it's just one tiny little aspect of my life, that's not going to work. If, if, and that's going to hinder me controlling myself against sin because it, I, have not let that, I have not let God reign over it my life. It doesn't permeate every yeah, aspect yeah. of your life. Absolutely. Uh, Kent, in his response, uh, referenced pride. I think that's a big one that gets in our way. Absolutely. I deserve this. I, you know, I, I can, I'm the one who's going to make the rules here. I don't have to submit to anyone else's guidelines for my life. Self-centeredness, again, that's closely It's all about related. me. It's yeah. all about me. Come on now, you know that. <clears throat> Thoughtlessness, and that's just sort of walking through this world sort of haphazardly. Sort of, sort of what Jim was saying in his email. It's not long-range planning. Yeah. And then we get ourselves right in the mix. We're right in the mess. 
And then, well, we're going to fail. Yeah. And then worldliness in general. Yeah. I think, I think he's right, got Kent. some good comments. Thank you, Kent, for those tonight. Mohan in Illinois said a lot of the entertainment out there hinders self-discipline as there is so much out there we would like to do that it can take away from certain from spiritual activities. And so Mohan talks about maybe just time management here. Time management. Yeah. And, and uh when I started reading Mohan's comment, I thought about the really evil forms yeah. of enter- entertainment. So if I watch dirty movies all the time, yeah. that's sure going to knock my self-control right. right out the window. I don't think he's talking about that. No, he's just saying entertainment in general. If I, wholesome, if, good, if, wholesome, even, clean, fun. Even, even good things. Yeah. If I'm completely involved in that, then I'm not going to have time for doing yeah. what's right. Yep. Okay, here's what uh, Dwight out in Iowa said. Most, if not all, of the hindering factors of self-discipline are self that's interesting that, that he played on that word, self-discipline or self-control. It's self. That's getting in the way Self's here. the issue, yeah. Uh, temptations, he said. Lack of study and or faith to promote strength to overcome temptations. Personal desires, all these factors that contribute, uh, are, all these are factors that contribute to a lack of self-control. Yeah, you think about in, in the lack of study. Uh, in preparing ourselves, that's one. You know, you got. We're going into a battle. We need to be prepared, and a lot of times we we don't take that time uh, to prepare. Yeah. And then Jim up in Kentucky uh, says uh, that not being convinced that you need to in order to please God, seeking to please self and excusing your sins, not planning ahead of time on how to. Avoid temptation. I think Jim's right about that. You, uh, you know, I have talked to people. I know you have Jacob and, other, and probably everybody when you're trying to encourage somebody to do what's right. They're involved in this activity and they say, well, God wants me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so God does, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm not controlling myself in regards to this business, but it's okay because God wants me to be happy. When God told me not to do that, he didn't know that I really wanted to do it. Yeah, so yeah. when he says not being convinced that you need to control yourself yeah. to please God is yeah. a big hindrance to self-control. All right. Very good. Good good comments from our listeners tonight. Um, we need to get oh, Brian out in California. He says we can't compartmentalize. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, bringing every thought into captivity to Very the good. obedience of Christ. Exactly right, Brian. Exactly yeah, thank right. you, Brian, for that. I appreciate that good comment. Let's get a break. When we get back, what are we talking about next? When we get back, let's just talk for a minute about some Bible characters that really, we already mentioned a couple. I mentioned a minute ago Moses and Abraham. But what are who are some other Bible characters that demonstrated great self-control? All right. We've got some good ones here, and we want yours as well. That's a one-word answer in the chat room. Just send in the... The character. Who, uh, in fact, in the chat room, give give your top example, give or or, or your top three, but kind of rank them. All right, yeah. Let's see, hear your thoughts. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're back right after this week's bullet point. Got a question about something you've heard on the virtual Bible study? Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. We'll be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. For several years, my sons earned money during the summer months by mowing lawns for different individuals. It was hard work, but they did well, and by word of mouth, they developed a clientele of several dozen different people. I watched with interest as they worked for these folks. Some people were determined to get all that they paid for and then some. They would watch carefully as their lawn was mowed and then frequently ask for some sort of extra at the end. This might include trimming a shrub or cutting weeds in a flower garden. There was usually very little expression of thanks. I can tell you that the boys didn't always enjoy working for people like that, and there was the tendency to do what had to be done and get out of there. 
On the other hand, some of their customers were more than generous. They regularly committed them for their good work, and some even gave them an extra $5 once in a while. You'd be surprised how much they got for that extra $5. There was a desire to do a really good job for these people. Because of the kindness and appreciation these folks gave, they got more without even asking for it. I was thinking about how this has some application to our work together in the church. There are different kinds of people in any congregation. Some are negative and critical. They have many complaints and often express how dissatisfied they are. When folks do this, they very often hurt themselves. The natural, not necessarily right, but natural reaction is to draw back from such people. They are not pleasant to be around, so people start avoiding them. On the other hand, there are brethren who are positive and pleasant. They are quick to encourage others and express their appreciation. These go the extra mile in showing their love and commitment to their fellow Christians. And as a result, they get more in return as folks give back the same to them. They get more by giving more. Which kind of Christian are you? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Jack. I am eight years old, and this is Vulture Bible Study. Now that you've had your break, it's back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. And we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. And contact us anytime with your questions or your comments, maybe a topic suggestion for a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study, questions at collegeview.com. Check out that sermon uh, video feed. Uh, missed a little bit there, Kyle, but you're back on track now. Yeah, it's where uh, hopefully, uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll be for the hopefully foreseeable future. We'll be having, you know, uh, two services on Sunday, of course. Uh, stream well three. We have our Bible study, then our two worship services, and our Bible study on Wednesday nights. So, and occasionally when Kyle is not here, we got some other guys who are who who work uh, on the streaming end of it as well. But Kyle is our our go to guy. He's the expert, and occasionally we get a little. We we don't get them recorded properly if if Kyle's not the man on the buttons. So, uh, but overall, our other guys are doing well too. We, we've got a pretty good thing going there on that College View live stream. Kyle was ready for COVID long before COVID got here. You know, this yeah. this streaming stuff has really been helpful for folks who yeah. are confined to home with illness. Or... I, I wonder though, and it's a whole different topic from our discussion tonight. But I wonder if if there's going to be a counter productivity ultimately to the streaming. People get too comfortable staying home, and they won't push themselves to get back out to in-person services, and that could be that a That could be true. Yeah. Kyle, you might want to turn down. Maybe maybe you could turn down the quality of the video a little yeah, bit, yeah. make it a little scratchy or something. It's well, just not like being there come in back in, people who had been absent, they uh, greatly missed the live. It's it's not about watching it isn't the whole purpose. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, Fellowship with your brethren and worshiping together, and so yeah, maybe you, maybe you need to get a mic and sort of burp into the yeah. mic, uh, you know, at different spots along in the sermon, so that people are kind of disgusted. Or get by those it. get those wires and just sort of <laughs> separate, you know, in and out, popping and yeah. yeah. So all right, all right. So let's talk about, and and we can do this real pretty quickly. But there are some great Bible characters who demonstrated amazing self control. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether to name this person first or last, but the one who is the ultimate example is Jesus Christ himself. Okay. Nobody had that in our our submissions tonight. Uh, in 1 Peter 2, verse 22, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. I'll tell you, 
as you as you stop to think about it, that had to have been the ultimate example of self-control. It, it would when they were when they were spitting on him and slapping him in the face and and taunting him and saying, "Who who was it that smote you?" Yeah. Jesus could have said, he could have told them their life story. He could have he could have said, "I know who you are. I know where you live." And he could have told them every detail of that. He, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not but committed himself to the one who judges righteously. Jesus Jesus had full power over the situation yeah. but he didn't actually he did he didn't take any vengeance on those who were so unrighteously mistreating him. You know, him. I might have been able to control myself in that situation because I've been surrounded by a bunch of soldiers. Because you couldn't have done anything. I couldn't do I mean, I opened my mouth, I might make it worse. Jesus literally could have just wiped them all out. He could have just struck them dead on the spot and he controlled that yeah amazing and he committed himself to him who judges right he gave it to god god will take care of it i don't have to get in the middle of this god will take care of it yeah all right uh i i have on my list also daniel there's a great statement in daniel chapter one verse eight so daniel was among some young men some uh, <clears throat> captives from Judah yep. who were taken to Babylon, and, and, and they were actually going to be sort of groomed yep. in the way of the Babylonians, yep. and that included giving them special, you know, I'm sure very wonderful dietary consideration. But as a faithful Jew, Daniel knew that he wasn't supposed to eat those certain things yep. that were being offered. And it says in Daniel 1, verse 8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the, with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He purposed in his heart. I think that's an expression of self-control right there. Yeah. And so you got Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, four probably young men that were going to do what's right. They no, had no matter what. They weren't the only four Jews. There, no doubt, they weren't the only four Jews that had been taken into captivity. Their friends, their people, the kids from back home, weren't doing the same thing. Yeah. And they had enough self-control to say, you know what, I'm going to do what's right, even though I'm far away from home. And these other guys aren't my, doing what's right. My peer group is not doing that. Yeah. I'm going to stand up for what's right. That's remarkable. Yeah. The self-control that they had. Uh the, 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 uh, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We already we already read the statement of Daniel, purposed in his heart not to defile himself. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar had constructed an image. A lot of people think that the image that that uh, Nebuchadnezzar constructed was the image that Daniel had interpreted and described from his dream. Yeah. We don't know that for sure, but it's a good possibility. But he made order that at the, at the sound of certain musics that would be played throughout the day, everybody was to bow down to his image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel 3, verse 16, answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, which was the threatened punishment, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O God. But but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. There's no, there's no uh, variance <laughs> there's here. No, there's no equivocation there. No. We, don't, we don't have to even think about how we're going to answer you. We're going to do what God said to do. Forget yeah. what you said to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then God will take care of us. If he doesn't, so what? Yeah. We're doing what God said. Exactly right. Uh, uh, Joseph. Joseph is a powerful 
example in Genesis, uh, uh, Genesis 39, came, verse 7, it came to pass after these things that Joseph's master's wife cast her eyes upon him and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house. And he had committed all that he hath to my hand. There's none greater in the house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Yep. Famous expression. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Kent and Dwight reference Joseph, and Rick in the chat room references Moses, and he references Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. And that is also uh, referenced um, by Jim in his email. He says, uh, not Numbers 12, verse 3, but he references Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's yes. daughter as you referenced earlier, choosing to rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, Hebrews 12, 11, 24, and 25. Rick's reference to Moses in Numbers twelve three is the man Moses was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. And meekness is strength under control. That's the good <clears throat> definition of biblical meekness. And Moses chose or made a choice to deny himself. Now, We've got to talk about Moses' self-control. There was one instance where he didn't exhibit the self-control he should have, and uh, he ended up paying the price. Yeah, when, when the, the second occasion when, when God instructed him how to produce water for the Israelites, he did not give God full glory for that. He seemed to take some of the glory or honor upon himself, and God said, okay, you're not going in the promised land. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't maintain... His self-control. Uh, you, you got. I. I, I want to tell you honestly. I've. I, I've always felt sorry for Moses. He was so provoked by those oh, Israelites. Yeah. yeah. You talk <laughs> but, about but, a difficult situation. But even at that, self-control was expected of him. Rick's in the chat room. He often also references Stephen in Acts uh, chapter seven, verses fifty-nine and sixty. Stephen standing up for what's right there, uh, unwavering in the face of that uh, persecution, ultimately led to his death. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> so he uh, he even said, lay not this into their charge. And so he's got control of his spirit there yeah. in, uh, in Acts chapter 7. Thank you for those comments, Rick. Uh, someone suggest, suggested, and I had it on my list, what about Noah? But what also about Noah's sons? Uh, Noah and his three sons. They, uh, in, <clears throat> in a whole world given over to wickedness. They controlled themselves to do the will of God. And, you know, that would have been a pretty there would have been a lot of self-discipline required to accomplish that task of building the ark. Amazing. Noah's sons. All of Noah's sons, schoolmates would have been going the wrong way and that they stayed true uh, to what God wanted them to do. Uh, Kent also referenced Paul. We've talked about Paul earlier. First Corinthians nine, verse twenty seven, second Corinthians twelve. 7 through 10. Thank you for that, uh, Kent. Um, Dwight references Abraham. Abraham had self-control over his personal feelings for sacrificing Isaac. He got up early in the morning to go do that. Uh, You talk about some self-control there. Uh, Peter at the beginning, uh, Dwight says, did not demonstrate self-control when he denied Christ, but most of the time, uh, but uh, in the midst of time, he developed... Uh, yeah, because he became an elder, and that is a qualification of eldership, Titus 1, verse 8. Good good observation there. Peter did ultimately learn uh, self-control. 
I had Timothy on my list, Philippians 2, verse 19. I trust the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him that as a son with the Father, he has served with me in the gospel. Notice, most people look out for their own affairs, but he is... Uh, he, he, they, he, most people seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ, but you know the proof of Timothy. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Absolutely. Uh, he had no one like-minded. That's how, what a compliment Paul had of Timothy. Yeah. Um, and, and I said that no one had Jesus in our submission. I, I missed Jim's. Jim did mention Jesus. He said, our Lord, for we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Right, Hebrews 4, verse 15. All right, so, so he was tempted like we were. He controlled himself throughout it all. Thank you, yeah. Jim. All right. Uh, all right. So I think we got, I think we got our, our <clears throat> listeners' comments. Let's go to a break. When we get back, then how do we, how do, we do this? Okay, when we get back, we've got a couple of things to talk about as we go to the top of the hour. Number four, question number four was, what, what are some measures we can personally take to improve our self-control and what are some of the helpful things that God has promised us All right. to help with self-control? We're going to go fast on the other side of the break. You don't want to be anywhere but here. Stay tuned. We're back right after this. Don't go anywhere. You might miss something. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible Study. A recent survey defined evangelicals as people who strongly agree with these four statements. One, the Bible is the highest authority for what I believe. Two, it's very important for me personally to encourage non-Christians to trust Jesus as their Savior. Three, Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the only sacrifice that could remove the penalty of my sin. And four, only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. Now, evangelicals believing those four principles, amazingly, a significant number of them have profound misunderstandings about basic biblical doctrines. Almost one-third, 30%, agree with the statement that says Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. More than one-third, 38%, agree with the statement God chose the people he would save before he created the world. Almost half, 46%, believe that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 42% believe that. All of that information is via the Gospel Coalition. The Word of God says in Matthew 22, verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. See, I told you we'd be back. The virtual Bible study continues. And we're going to the top of the hour now, talking about how we can uh, have the self-control that we need. We, we've shown that it's possible. Look at those examples, all the, all the, all the good examples we have. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, blogger's so to, wrong. So to our blogger who says, eh, it's probably not even possible, and even if it is, it's, it's not necessarily beneficial. Tell mm, that to... Not so. 
Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Moses, Abraham, Joseph, and Noah. Tell it to our Lord. You know, you know Jesus, you probably, that, oh, well, that was probably a waste of time yeah. controlling yourself there under that. It's under, overhyped, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the blogger's wrong on that for sure. Okay. okay, so we ask, what are some measures we can personally take? What are some of the things we can personally take? Let's read what our emailers said, Jacob. All right, Kent says, by totally saturating our minds with the Word of God and then applying those principles to our lives daily, Philippians 2, 5 through 12. Appreciate that okay. comment. Uh, okay, good, you get good, in good. God's Word, get it in your mind. Uh, Psalm 119.11, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that, that goes along the lines of what... Kent's suggesting there. Put it in your hearts. Live it every day. Mohan says we can make and abide by a schedule. Have good time management skills and schedule a lot of spiritual activities daily in our schedule. Good, good, good. I agree. Make, spirit, make spiritual activities a priority. Dwight says prayer. Confess our faults to one another. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Be submissive to the Lord and his will. Um, and so prayer certainly has to be one of those weapons to help us get self-control. Um, think of think and plan, Jim says, on how you will respond in situations using Bible knowledge. What will I do if this happens? How and am that's I, that long-range planning he was talking about earlier. How am I going to respond if someone says this to me? What will I do if I find myself in this situation? Just like an athlete who thinks about how they're going to hit or run or throw, etc., we are to imagine different situations and then plan on how to deal with them. Successful people think and plan. The person who thinks about where they are driving and then looks at a route and plans on how to get where they need to go is going to be more successful than a person who just jumps in the car and goes. I think that's really a good observation. Jacob, you know, uh, I, I coached baseball when you boys were playing, and you've coached your son in baseball. And one of the things we always say Okay, what are you going to do if the ball comes to you? Yeah. What what what's, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. You know, advanced planning. That's key in so many things, and very key to being a self-disciplined person. Absolutely. All right. Good comments. All right. Uh, I had some things on my list, and some of it overlaps with what was said. Time management. Uh, I think Mohan mentioned that, and we certainly do that. Ephesians 5.15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, Thought control, thoughts precede actions. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. you got to be careful about your associations. First uh, Corinthians 15.33, the New American Standard Version says, be not deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. If, so one of the worst things I can do if I'm trying to control myself and keep from doing evil things is to be around people who are doing evil things. Right. You know, I think that maybe needs to be up at the near the top of the list. I, I can help myself a lot by not being around people who are doing bad things. Right. Uh, so uh, those things were on my list. Uh, oh, I, I had don't make compromising obligations uh explain that okay so some of my buddies are going duck hunting this weekend Uh, the reason i mentioned duck hunting because some of us have been mentioned some of us uh, uh, who like to do it have been talking about it it's coming that's coming this time of year but some of my buddies are planning a trip to arkansas to hunt ducks yeah and man 
the the looks of it are good that we we could do it, but it's gonna. I gotta tell you, we're not gonna get back in time for church on Sunday. I'm opening the door there where I'm gonna have yeah. a situation that's gonna be hard. To and work. and so that, so I make the obligation. I commit with them to 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 go on this guided duck hunting trip. Well, I'm I made the commitment now. I mean, I'm obligated. I should have never made the obligation in the first place. Yep. So don't make uh, compromising obligations. Yep. And then I had on my list: be patient, uh, be be passionate rather about the most important things. Uh, and I think we read this verse earlier, Hebrews 12, beginning verse 1. Lay aside every weight, the sin which does so easily be set. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah. So be passionate about the things that should be most important in your life. Okay. Uh, Dwight and Michelle reference Ephesians chapter 6, where it speaks of putting on the whole armor of God. Good. That's a good one. I think, too. Uh, sorry, there was verse 14 around there about uh, how we need to be prepared for spiritual battle. Yeah. Uh, and Dwight, in his email, references 1 Peter 5, verse 8, for if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Talking about those virtues we need to put on. If we're being proactive, maybe that's one way we get to be at this self-control, is be proactive yeah. in, uh, in, try, in, in striving to be the person that we should be. Don't be just reactive or just letting things happen to us. Be proactive in driving for that spiritual growth that we need. Second Timothy 1, verse 7, Dwight mentions, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Thank you, Dwight, for your comments, and Michelle as well. All right, so let's, then, some of this is overlapping with this last question that we had, Jacob. What does God promise to do in regards to helping us with self-control? <clears throat> okay. Uh, I know 1 Corinthians ten thirteen comes to mind. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That's that's really because temptation is the is is what we're talking about of dealing with temptation is what self-control is. And God says, I'm going to I'm going to make a way of escape. You're not going to be a, you, you will not be tempted above what you're able to resist. That's a promise from God. God keeps his promises. So how often have we heard people say, well, I just couldn't help couldn't myself. Couldn't control myself. I couldn't help myself. Yeah. No, that's a lie. That, that, you've deceived yourself into believing something that's not true. Yeah. Because God said that he won't let that happen. Mm, good point. Yeah. Good point. Okay. All right. Uh, and then, and then, um, uh, yeah, just Jim, sort of, Jim referenced that passage as well in his email. Yeah. Uh, you just got to make up your mind. I, I like Job 31, verse 1. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. That's you that make, foresight. Yeah, make up Planning. your mind. Make up yeah. your mind, yeah. Uh, he, Jim also referenced Second uh, Corinthians 12, verse 9, where Paul was told, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God's promised that uh, that his grace is sufficient for us. He will help us uh, to yeah. get through these difficult times. Uh, then Kent said God has promised uh, control of our temper, control of all of our emotions, control of speech, control of our actions. Good. Uh, so Good. God has given us ways uh, through the scriptures that we can control all of those things. Yeah. Uh, on my list, the things that God 
has provided to help his word, you know, uh, everything about the inspired word. And we've been referencing, we've referenced a lot of scriptures tonight, all discussing <clears throat> the notion of self-control. We haven't touched all of them. And we haven't begun to touch them all. But but his word is a promised help that God provides. Prayer is a promised help. Uh, when Jesus taught the model prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, verse 9, beginning after this manner, therefore pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then he, in the course of that prayer, he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and glory forever. Amen. Deliver us not to temptation. Wait a minute. Jesus said, pray about this. That Jesus actually told us, pray about, to pray and to get God's help in dealing with temptation. Dealing with temptation is self-control. Pray about that, yeah. Jesus said. Yeah. So prayer is one of the ways that God promises to help. i tell you something else that I think is a huge help, and that is faithful brethren. Yeah. We said one of the hindrances to self-control is being with the wrong people. One of the helps to self-control is being with the right people. Yeah. You know, when, when I'm when I'm at church services with my brethren, I, I I'm I'm almost completely free of temptation. You know, I'm not thinking evil thoughts. Yeah. I'm not I'm not tempted to do bad things. Yeah. When I'm when I'm with my brethren at church services, it's it's a, almost a temptation-free atmosphere. But when I'm out there in the world. Especially when when I'm alone, but especially maybe if I'm around the wrong kind of people, I'm tempted. Yep. So be with the right people. Faithful brethren are one of the gods. And don't you think that that's part of God's wisdom in designing the church for us to have those those relationships to help? Hebrews 10, verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. It happens when we're around faithful brethren, Kyle, that we're provoked to be better than we are currently, to, to be more active serving the Lord. Yeah, you're going to mirror who you hang out with, who you talk to on a daily basis, who you converse with, who you work with. And you need to be careful, especially when you're by yourself and who you work with. So <clears throat> make sure you're you know, keeping yourself pure. I think it's definitely pay attention to who we hang out with, who we spend our time with, who we invest our time in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Kyle, thanks for helping us get the program out tonight. Yeah, it was good. Glad to be back with you tonight. Yeah. Boy, it, it, it seems like it's been a long time uh, uh, since we've had the virtual Bible study. We'll try to stay on track here now. Yeah, Dad, good uh, good to be back with you. Appreciate your time tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for joining us. Hope you made, uh, you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.